Captain's Pod, Stardate 5131.22.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I am your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me, as always, we thought she'd been vaporised, but it turns out she was just kidnapped by space pirates and forced to search for an ancient Vulcan artifact that turns bad thoughts into murder waves. It's Ambassador Danae Hughes. That was a lot. Yeah, I've started just giving you synopsis. I really honestly don't remember any of what he's talking about. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's an episode of Star Trek that's a bit bonkers. Picard gets kidnapped and turned into a space pirate to find a Vulcan murder artifact. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm good. Well, stay tuned for the outtakes after the show because we did a little mini recasting of a new Lower Decks and did a ton of science. That you hate. I don't know why you're talking about it. You're going to cut it all out anyway. I'm not going to cut it all out. I'll leave some of it in. I didn't hate it. It just confused the what's it's out of me. <laughs> yeah. Quantum things. It's yeah. the, the cop out in Star Trek. Add quantum in front of it. There's a quantum subspace tunnel that will get us there. Oh, good. It's quantum. Oh, good. Ah, smashing. Right. Well, we are here for the season finale of season three of Lower Decks. The starry... Damn it. <laughs> get the title right. The stars at night. Danae, this is a great time to ask overall thoughts and feelings about the season. How have you enjoyed it? And this is mm. your introduction to Love at X. Mm. Yeah, I love the show. This is a great, mm. um, this is a really, really great outlet for Star Trek fans. Oh, I'm so glad you like it. And I think it's also a good welcome to people who don't watch Star Trek because there's enough in this that stands on its own. Although it is incredibly self-referential, which, mm -hmm. uh, but I think for the most part, every time that's happened, it hasn't, for me, like handicapped the show itself. Mm -hmm. I was still able to have fun. I think one of the, like a, a pretty big one, um, there was like the one where they went to, they, they, they had like the little. Oh, the exocomp. Yeah, the little Peanut exocomp. Hamper. Pina, yeah, that was that was one that seemed to have, to need a lot of context, but it still stood on its own. Like, Yeah, that's really I didn't, a hard trick to pull off. I didn't really need to know all those things for that to stand on its own. And we can go through this entire series, um, this mm. entire season. And I'm sure if I listened back to every single episode, I would hear me say many, many times that I think that it's good. Yeah. It doesn't have so. to have a lot of knowledge of Star Trek mm. to watch, which is important, I think. Yeah. And it's interesting to say that in the third season, whenever this has been going on for a while. So I think that the writers are fantastic i love the animation as mm -hmm. well um the space battles and the different things we're able to see come to life on screen and i feel like it's a show that the fans are loving as well so yeah. it seems like it's just a really fun a, a really fun one it's been awesome to watch you watch it because you've genuinely enjoyed it and that's really yeah. great what's really fun is that i think season one and two are even stronger than season three so i would love for you to like go back and watch season one and two and get your thoughts on that as well and perhaps we will sprinkle some um some older lower decks episodes into the feed as well but no it's been it's been a joy to to guide you through some of the references and and so you enjoy it it just it's such a if you can jump in at season three with tangential star trek knowledge and still have a good time that's a sign of a really good show they're making some really good stories it's beautiful to watch it's funny it's interesting I am not sure that I understand where the story itself seems to be going because mm. these are like each episode 
is not necessarily tied to the others. No. They kind of stand alone, yeah. which is refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got some shows that depend entirely upon the previous episode, like Picard, for example. Yeah. That is a show that built on itself as mm-hmm. the seasons went. Um, and then you've got like this one and like Strange New Worlds as well, where, yeah, we kind of have a starting point to give you an understanding of who the characters are. But then they can kind of play around and do like little one-off episodes, little episodic mm-hmm. things, and and that's been fun. Um, but when you get to the the bookend, the the bookend part of it, the beginning of a season and the end of a mm-hmm. season, that's really when the writers try to to show what they're wanting us to know that their story is. They're a little more yeah. on the nose What's about the some stuff. So I'm curious um, about that one. I really think this one's going to end with Rutherford. I really think that they are going to build some kind of a mystery for star trek a Mm. mystery for starfleet something that's where we the viewer are going to be able to watch something that needs to be rooted out yeah and that will potentially lead into season four where our beloved heroes are kind of on a mission to maybe root some stuff out of starfleet who knows i hope so i really do i'm expecting a cliffhanger um because we know we have a season four so how can you not resist doing that knowing that you can resolve it um Historically, season three cliffhangers have been very, very good. This is where we had the best of both worlds for TNG. So there is definitely a, probably like a temptation to do a nod to that, perhaps. Like the season posters reference um, each Star Trek movie. So season uh, season one was a take on the motion picture. Season two, the promo picture was the Wrath of Khan. Season three was the search for Spock. So they do nod towards hey this is where we are in the star trek even tv universe as well um so yeah i'm i'm excited to see what happens i hope i'm hearing there's some new there's some more new ships that have been introduced as well which i'm always here for um but yeah i have no idea what kind of story this is going to be whether it's going to pick up on rutherford or whether we are going to do something completely new and ignore that it's a season finale i just hope that we do something a little bit different. I kind of hope that Mariner doesn't rejoin the crew because we left them with Mariner going off and doing some space archaeology. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, what is she going to discover out there? Why is it going to take her back to the crew? Yeah, it's going to happen, isn't it? Or the crew has to find her out there somewhere. She There's a distress signal and they have to go and rescue her. You, yeah, that would probably make sense. But they, this show does such a good job of turning things on its head. No, it does, and completely. It's one of my favorite things is like you feel like yeah, I think I know where this is going to go. And sometimes I'm right, but a lot of times I'm not with this yeah. one because it's such a fast-paced show. So it ends up resolving a lot of its own independent problems within mm. an episode, which is really refreshing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about like seasonal arcs here. So what are they going to solve and what are they going to keep out? More Rutherford. Right. Well, with that, we'll see you guys for a full debrief in 10 forward after we have watched the season finale of Love and X. Do it, beam to the Cerritos. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first, as you already are drinking, what is your beverage uh, of choice? Okay, maybe you can remind me of what this was called. But when Mariner was on the ship with the archaeologists, they're talking about smoothies or something, and that's what I want. What smoothie was it? I don't remember. Oh, I no. was I was taking notes on something else, and after it had already finished, I was like, "Oh my god, that was my drink! It was right there! It okay. was right there!" Com- computer. Oh my! Sorry, this is this is amazing. I have an alarm that's going off. 
Yeah, you do. To turn that off. Right, okay. I, I thought that was Star Trek music. No. It, um, was maybe it? Subconscious. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was like a ding dong. Um, oh, my train of thought has completely gone now. Um, okay, I'm yeah. going to go back and watch it. We're going to stop the podcast. I'm going to go back and watch that episode. What I was going to say was just give the computer that information and see what they come up with. <laughs> oh, like Google make. search it? Super vague. Like, just let the computer do it and just give no other information and let what them do it. What was drink that Mariner drank that was smoothie-like archaeologist go? <laughs> yeah, and the replicator just chucks one out. <laughs> it was Amazing. like a slushy... So they said rom like ale, which was a, a shrunk-down version of Romulan ale, which is what I was going to pick. Um, uh-huh. But I don't know... Yeah, I can't remember what the actual slushy... Well... Anyway... <laughs> We're I feel bad. One of those. Here we are at the finale, and I can't even pay attention to the name of the drink. I'll try to find Amazing. it. Try to find it. But in the meantime, let's synopsisize some stuff. Um, after last week's antics and the um, kind of failure of the drive-by initiative, what was it? Second swing? Second swing, swing for space. Yeah, the swing. Wait. The, the swing s- around, some, nope. the reach around. The, nope. They are all other things. All other things. Um, after the failure of um, Captain Freeman's new initiative, the Sveritos is called back to a generic style base for a debriefing and a slap on the wrist as the California-class ships are all being shelved in favour of the new uh, Texas-class unpersoned starship. Captain Freeman um, challenges Captain Buenamigo to a second contact race in order to prove that the California class still has something to contribute to Starfleet. And shenanigans ensue and everyone loses control of the Texas class starships. Battle commences. Big time battle. Will they survive? No, I mean many people don't. It's really interesting to do a plot summary without spoilers, even though we've already seen it. Why would you? Why would you oh, not want to? Like, like, just pacing. Just pacing. Okay. Okay. In so, this episode, shit blows up. People die. Bad guy reveals himself, and we save the day. Ships show up. Ships explode. Ship down. Ship. Ship it out, and ship it out of here. And the most important thing, we have a warp core ejection. Yeah, we do. Eject that warp core. Right. <laughs> okay. Overall thoughts and feelings. What did you think of the episode, Ambassador? Okay, if you don't like a fast-paced episode that just shoves it all down your throat, then this is not the finale for like a you. Muffin in a Halloween basket. <laughs> um, this is like the quintessential "you're on a ship having an adventure" episode, though, yeah. and I feel like I needed something like this. Mm. It made fun of itself. It had a lot of references to like, there's this moment in this episode where they're trying to problem solve how to do something and they're running through all these different scenarios, including ejecting the warp core. And I just had this feeling that every Star Trek nerd was going to be enjoying it because they're like, we can't do that because like I don't know. There's like all these different options. It sounded like it's all these options that you've seen many, many times on many, many episodes mm-hmm. to solve many, many problems. I think one of them was something about like confusing the AI's algorithm and um that's the standard isn't it get it in, get it trapped in a logic puzzle where it has yeah. to flush itself down the toilet yeah and then rutherford said something about like no 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 i i calculated out like idiosyncrasies or something i can't remember what he said but it, this it, this was a it was a oh, fast paced episode because we it did but it did everything we thought it was going to do and it confirmed many of my theories so i was enjoying it because i was like check got that check got that check got that um I mean, was it a little bit disappointing because it did a lot of things I expected to do? Maybe. Mm. Uh, This episode ends with Mariner back on the ship with really no 
uh, tie into the next season. I predicted no. before the episode started that we were going to have Rutherford be the main person, and it yeah, kind of was. Yeah. And I predicted that the bad guy was going to be revealed, and they were. But what I was wrong about is I thought that would carry over and be sort of a motivational factor for season four. And instead, mm. they just murder the Admiral. He's just yeah. dead now. They kind of just wrapped up everything this episode. I mean, quick. Yeah. It was like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And and we didn't get to see Mariner really be in her element with this job mm-hmm. either. Which was a little disappointing for me, too, because it seemed like it was a throwaway reason to return because she was just bored. But overall, I did enjoy it. Um, I think it's a fine way to end a season. But I was a little bit it was so expected in a way that I was like just a little bit on the disappointed scale. No, I get that. Um, I, I think I'm beginning to get oversaturated on and I never thought I would say this on phases and space battles and explosions and the Cerritos getting blown up. Like there is a genuine pacing thing <laughs> where if you do it every episode, you get desensitized to it. It's like, yeah, the, the kid might be asking for all of the candy and all of the things, but as soon as they have all of the things, they don't want it anymore. So we we there is something to be said for drip feeding us action scenes and excitement. Having said that, I had tons of fun in this episode. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, yes, it is confusing to me that they resolved so much so quickly. They but did. It was a very quick resolve. It is It is interesting. Like they're, they're fighting this line between being serialized and episodic, and they're leaning more towards episodic, and I think that's the right thing to do for this show. But yeah, man, they wrapped up. They didn't leave much. No, I'm, no I'm, they have left a huge thing for season four, and I think it's pretty clear where they're going in season season four um yes we'll talk about the post-credits scene eventually um but yeah overall i had a really really good time yeah maybe it was a little bit predictable that mariner joins the ship and she does but it's kind of comfortable as well i don't know how you'd have the show next season if she's not there Uh, and also boimler is once again just not doing much like boimler is the look at all of the fun stuff nerd of the the crew this was again less of a lower decks episode and more of a first officer's upper decks episode like this was following the captain and the senior officers and the ship as opposed to the crew members so if there's one thing i would like to see as a little bit more lower decking which is i know a it's sexual so, term no, yes it is we not. know no it's oh, not oh no which is i know it's so hard to not do it's so hard to not it's so hard to do that and ignore the big things but that's what the show is called and it's where we are i kind of where where i want them to be yeah this episode was interesting because it was everyone kind of coming together the the premise of this episode is that you know the cerritos is going to be decommissioned and so the captain says let's uh challenge this ai ship to a race to see Mm. who does it better essentially yeah and when the cerritos lingers a little bit on the planet um to check for all uh for sentient life uh that gives them the upper hand even though they miss the next planet as it phases out Mm. and so the idea is that the whole of the ship has to come together for this race where they have to go planet to planet to planet for these follow-up missions and get to see like what the ai can do versus what essentially you know Mm. a crew can do and i thought that that was a unique way to bring everybody into this episode a team and b team essentially Mm. Because everybody kind of had a part to play 
And when you're on the finale, it's nice to remember why we love the cat doctor or whatever. Yeah, you know? She's, no, you're right. You're right. It was really fun to see those characters again. Or And also, I thought they did a good job of kind of folding Boimler into leadership again because he mm. kind of fumbles it a bit by making well he was mim- mimicking <laughs> some of the amazing. people on board I loved yeah it. he did a great job the void the actor did a great oh, job of- jack quaid is great great that was awesome. yeah yeah so he's in like doing impersonations of other people on the ship and of course ends up offending somebody and so in a, in a way in your mind you're thinking oh this is the setup for him not being involved in leadership mm. but then by the ep- end of the episode he's kind of more folded in and being accepted even in the um, uh, man, what is what what is upper management of Starfleet called again? Um, the senior senior officers. That's right, the senior yeah. officers. So it was nice. That was nice. Um, and they did some clever stuff too, where you know even uh, Hothead is now with Hot Boy. Um, and last season it was like a big deal that she didn't want to be with him, and now he doesn't want to be with her. Huh? You do you not know who I'm talking about? No, Hothead. Hothead? Yeah, that's what I've been calling Mariner off and on. Wait, what? Um, who's Hot Boy? The, the you know, the, the officer guy. No. Oh, Ransom. Yeah. Right. Ransom. Okay. Yeah, Ransom. handsome I Ransom. I had no idea what you. I was trying, and you totally lost me there. Yes, well, Mariner I mean, Ransom. Zinc got it. Got it. <laughs> Amazing. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, anyway, that was an interesting turn. Yeah, it was an interesting turn that she's now. I'm all in. Let's go. Yeah. So I thought that they kind of tried to fold everybody back in together. Yeah. And then you had like Tendi have her moment and just I thought it was a good combination because the whole ship had to jump in to prove themselves. Mm. It was so fast paced. You really couldn't stop and think about how it was going. <laughs> but no, it's uh, very that's, true. that's how they do it anyway. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I I would take a 45 minute version of this show. I really would. The more I look yeah, at it, the more too. I'm like the, what they're trying to do. I think they could do better with more time. I think there's a bit of trimming that needs to do. But I think the we've had a couple of episodes which focus on the senior officers. So I think if you do that in the finale, and that's the only place you do it, that makes a lot of sense. But for me, it's popped up quite a bit. So I'm sure. so I'm feeling disconnected from my from my lower deckers. I really think that you're right. If this show is meant to be about the lower decks people and just their adventures, because. Uh, I remember when we first started watching this and I thought the idea was that like in the background, you would see the officers doing the senior officers doing what Mm. they're doing. And we missed those entirely. I remember this moment when they were like outside floating up into space and like you're passing the windows and you could see the officers like fighting in the, in what's their line. Yeah. And this is, hasn't happened all the time. Um, I think they're really bringing Freeman in more. Mm rather than it being, you know, Mariner. And maybe it's because in season one and two, we got a, like a big dose of them. And I'm missing that reference because I didn't watch season one and two. I just watched the first episode of season one and the last episode of yeah. season two. So I'm uh-huh. missing everything in between there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm i mildly confused by it. I would love to talk to like what the overall like kind of theme behind the series was. Maybe I'm missing something, but it does feel like we've strayed a little bit. But having said that, there was loads and loads and loads to love about this episode. Um, the Get Another Sovereign class come in, um, which was really, really cool. The USS Van Sitters, which is named after somebody, um, a fan that has done loads of work behind the scenes on like Star Trek encyclopedias and kind of collecting the canon oh, and putting it whoa. into places. So to Okay, have- can you imagine being shouted oh out in a Star Trek episode? Goodness, to have a ship named after you is like, 
Holy is incredible. Shit. It's so, so great. It's incredible. Um, there was another one. There was the USS Culver City, which was one of the Cerritos ships. Yes. Now, the reason that's really, really fun is that, yes, it's named after somewhere in California, but I choose to believe that it's also named after John Culver, who is the codename for friend of the show, Fred Bronson. Oh, that would be so cool. I choose to believe. I choose to believe believe. it's named after Fred Bronson. Um, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Yeah, because that's awesome. Yeah, that's fun. Um, But yeah, you know what? That was... It's it's the most sinful part of the show, and it's also the best part for me. All of the Cali class ships, ships up, yeah. turning up. It is hilarious. Boimler just naming, naming, <laughs> naming, 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 naming them. <laughs> it was the joke that got funnier the longer yeah, it went I on. Agree. He's just naming cities in California. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed that one, uh, that moment. But then mm. my que- I have questions about oh, how so that works. So many questions, so many questions. Um, uh, one specific contradicting question about the Titan as well, which was hilarious. Um, but no, I love that, like... That is what this show does really, really well. It knows exactly how to give fans tingles. Like it knows the things that are going that to put on screen that are going to make it tingly. Like this is a classic way to end a Star Trek episode. The ship is outnumbered. It's absolutely going to get blown up until boom, 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 warp travel exists. So you have all of the ships turn up to save the day. Um, and it was just so much fun to have every single California class ship on screen, all of the names, the models, the the, the models that are going to come from that, I hope, um, is really, really, really cool. I, I love seeing all of the different crews. There was the crew that was an entire Bolian, entirely staffed of Bolians, which was referenced earlier in the season Yeah, as I, rec- well. I remember that, yeah. Really, really, really cool. Um, so yeah, I love that so much. What was your favourite part of the episode? Man. <sighs> um my, i don't know i think i had a lot of questions as i was watching this i think uh-huh okay but are they I, sin questions or canon questions i don't know i think they're probably sin questions i'll save them for the sin recensions and you can tell me whether it's a sin or not <laughs> but i feel like the part that i smile the most at is that is the battle scene at the end it was mm. so pretty to look at um it was the the Ejecting the warp core. Ah, there, there it is. It's the that guy. Who's that guy? What's his name? The Shacks. Shacks. Yeah. It, when he finally gets to, to eject a warp core, maybe this has been a recurring joke for two seasons. I'm missing out on. I'm not sure, but. Oh yeah, his advice <laughs> is so when they're doing the list of we should do yeah. this, we should do this, we should do this. Shanks is very simply eject the warp core. That's all yeah. he says. So I think that was really fun because even though I'm missing a lot of context, I could tell that it was really important yeah. to him. Pull a tear to his eye. He's always whether, wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it was just like, I, I mean, I don't know. There was a second where I was like, is this a dream? Because it was so over the top <laughs> where everyone's lining up the halls of the <laughs> ship to cheer him on as he marches towards the warp core to, you know, like give approval and launch uh-huh. this thing. But I thought that was really fun. He was so happy. Yeah. And I was so happy for him. Like the the lift doors close. He's got tears in his eyes. He's so genuinely excited. Yeah. Well, so. it's a big deal. And it's like the Enterprise will always, that's the go-to thing. Well, I guess we can eject the warp core. And like what baffled me in Voyager is how many times ejecting the warp core was suggested. Because I'm like, guys, that's your way home. Like you may as well just blow up the damn ship. There's no, like you get rid of your engine. You're not getting back to Earth. Um but yeah, it's always the it's always the go-to thing. Eject the warp core and chuck a nuke at the problem and I guess that'll fix it. Um, now, I, I love that. It is so pretty. That jump to warp battle is so, so, so great. Just pushing the engines as hard as they can. 
firing phases, everything in the warp tunnel was so, 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 so fun. It was really, really beautiful. Yeah. I, I love all the space fights. And I know maybe you like you're kind of sick of them, but no, it was I really funny. Sick of them is really harsh, but I'm getting desensitized to them because it feels like it's every episode at the minute. So it's like, I don't need to appreciate them because there's going to be one next. Kind of. Oh, but, the shade. Yeah, the shade. But however, I did like the, the morbid person in me really like seeing the Starbase getting blown up as well. Like it's very <laughs> rare you see a Starbase under attack. And I have Yeah, that was cool. It was still very, very, very cool. Brutal way to kill Buen Amigo as well. Just phaser through the wind like i'm sure you see the ship's phaser just destroy that man and absolutely eviscerate him i didn't expect that and that's something fun about the show like yeah. i really genuinely did not expect that they were gonna end the ambassador uh, uh, what's his name ambassador Admiral. admiral's yeah. moment but they like they reveal he was the bad guy and then yeah. they kill him so fast. I mean, it's one of my sins we'll get to. It happens so fast. It's reveal, exposition, bad guy plan, dead. I'm like, what's the point of the build up if you kill it immediately? Like, I yeah. didn't I didn't feel any emotional no. attachment to the bad guy. I didn't care that he got blown up. It's But I was glad to know that my theory from last episode was that he was behind Oh yeah, the Cerrito setup was accurate because it yeah. was just too it was too on the nose, like as to why he was, he was ready just with the ready there. Yeah, yeah, it didn't make exactly. any sense to do anything else. But yeah, very true. Um, yeah, but I think I think this episode was fun. I would recommend it. There's a lot of things that I have questions about, but I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get know. into it. Um, I uh, so Admiral Picard gets a little name check as well. Oh, of course, I liked that part too. He's, yes, and then it was archaeologically sound. Mm-hmm, because we, I, I was talking to somebody. I can't remember. It was someone on something on Twitter, but it was a how like Picard the TV show kind of ignores his background in archaeology, and a lot of people in, thought like instead of him retiring to France, he may retire into archaeology and start doing yeah. some digs and stuff. But that hobby. Yeah kind of got it got ignored a little bit so to have it kind of mentioned here that he's that now cool. funding independent archaeological digs and i really like that twist because we were expecting there to be some sketchy person behind the fundraising and no this independent thing was fine and I mariner know. has to find it it actually really helped me accept mariner's return to starfleet because instead of something pushing her back into starfleet she was just like hey i guess i just want this like instead yeah, of waiting for a cause to come back i'm gonna choose i just hope we stop her choosing now <laughs> like she's chosen i don't know stop it's choosing. strange stop it. It, it to me it seems like watching her so when we see her in this episode for the first time she is jumping around inside of this uh like cave system or something oh indy mariner jones sorry yeah. i just wanted to get india indy mariner jones yeah super super appropriate <laughs> and like she's dodging phasers and she's holding a golden idol and then they get to the ship and they say something like that they're rescuing these artifacts from black market thieves and mm. of course because they hadn't wrapped it up fully yet we're like yeah sure you are something else mm -hmm. is going on here but she was having a really fun time yeah. and she's going and doing these crazy things and then i think when she finds out that the funding is like normal and that she's kind of a normie but she's still doing incredible adventurous things yeah so i just it's all the I stuff she likes but it turns out that that fun adventure stuff is kind of hollow when there isn't a big meaning behind it and but how is that not meaningful 
it's all what you find meaning is in. So for her, I guess for her, yeah, for her, collecting artifacts and preserving history isn't meaningful yeah. to her. She wants to save lives and do something bigger. I did like that scene because the archaeologist who was into it is like, you're really insulted because she was calling him like brown pots <laughs> well, and stuff. That's rude. That's even well, ruder. That's just rude. Well, that's even ruder. <laughs> I love that so much. And I suppose there is something to say about the show deciding, like you said, to give her the choice, like, this isn't for me. I'm a bit bored. Rather than finding out about her friends being in trouble and that being the motivation because she thinks she can do better. It was more like she'd already made the decision. She didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And now she's finding out about her friends and she's like, I really need to go now. So, Well, you know the um, saying? You don't know what you've got till it's gone. mm Mm-hmm. Gorn. I see. Gorn. 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 The Gorn. No. Did you get? That was my joke. You don't know what oh. you've got till it's gone. Because, oh. oh my goodness. Right. That was so during the montage for all of the like the crew montage of work together and whatnot, I oh, yes. absolutely love that Ransom was teaching the Riker maneuver. Like, oh my god, all of that the words was so that funny. I've used for it. Like, you have to dominate that chair. Like this. <laughs> This is exactly what you do. You cannot just sit in a chair. You must dominate it. I love that so, 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 so much. Yeah, that was super, that super was good. Um, I think the last thing that was given lip service but didn't get fully, fully developed, and I think it might do next season, is the battle between personed and unpersoned missions. And for me, there was no argument. Like, second contact... Oh, no, I'm going into a negative... Anyway, I, careful, I think careful you can't do that. You're gonna get in trouble, you know. No, that's, I, segments are important. I got I got in so much trouble yep. last week. I like that they're having that debate and I love that competition of like showing which is more relevant, which is more useful in this situation, but it was a little bit it was too reductive. It was too it was too obvious that the the AI ships aren't equipped for this. Like they are great at manufacturing, they are not great at diplomacy. And humans Credit diplomacy, not so great at building. So there were very obvious ways. The great diplomacy part. Yeah, some of us, some better, people are. You better. have to really work on it. Yeah, I'm definitely not. But I just think it was. It's a great idea that they didn't get to explore as much as they could have done, and this wasn't the best example of how to do it. If they're going to explore the use of AI, it's an example where they just have to beam some stuff down and doesn't require conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Like that's where it like, is better. Yeah. The phasing in and out planet, had the AI not been there, they wouldn't have had supplies. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where it's perfect for that. Just beaming stuff down and then disappearing. So it might not be that there's like a, like no AI, mm. um, but clear, we clearly had a pretty evil guy at the helm of this one. <laughs> yeah. So let's, you know. I'm sorry, father. With some very emotional, I don't <laughs> understand any of that stuff. Was that like all things that we saw like maybe in previous seasons or is this the first time we've seen the ship's personality when it becomes fully itself no that's that was that was a reference to rutherford's code going wrong so the the emotional issues and whatnot that he had buried in the code were being transferred into the ship so as soon as it gets independence it's very unreliable and a bit of a badass so what we're kind of seeing is bad rutherford's personality kind of take over the ship and that's why it's unreliable i think that's the idea Rutherford says, you know, the code is bad because he doesn't have, like, emotional maturity or something. Yeah. But I didn't understand the ship's immediate hatred for the Admiral. And I didn't understand why it had immediate hatred for Rutherford. I I had to 
kind of gloss over on that. He was saying like, I will burn your heart in the fire. And I'm like, did we miss something happening with this code that I don't understand? So there's this big thing that you're missing, Danae, called the third act conflict. And it's where something happens that instigates the finale. We didn't have that this episode. No, I mean, but that's what it is. That's the ship. The ship is the third act conflict. That's the, the conflict that is then driving the finale. So no, I don't think you missed anything. It's just we wanted this AI to be bad and therefore we made it bad. And so the, and the ship's motivation is code. just like teenagers angst kind yeah, of a thing? just destroy everything. Yeah. Like I said, not very, not massively well explored. It's we want a bad AI. The, Rutherford, the bad Rutherford code created the bad AI. It doesn't go into much more and it just wants to destroy everything. We don't really know why. Unless it just... The standard AI thing is that I'm going to destroy all humans because they're beneath me. Okay. Yeah, I... Okay. <laughs> I, I guess we really should transition into the things we didn't yeah. like then. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to say is that we accidentally did predict the ending of the episode and how Mariner comes back, but we flipped it. So we said that Mariner would get send out the distress call, but of course it's actually way more entertaining to have the Cerrito send out the distress call or be in trouble and the underdog coming to save the day. So I should have seen that coming, to be honest. To be fair, I think we said both. Yeah, we may have said either or. I yeah. think I think we started off with she's going to have to come back and save the day, or there, or better yet, they'll have to go save her or something. Yeah. We, we definitely said them both, yeah. but yeah. And again, we nailed it! Yeah, we did. Predicting things doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it... Being able to predict the ending doesn't matter if you had a good time along the way. And I did. And I did. But... I have issues, so let's head to engineering for us instance. It's futile. Battle stations, everyone. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin. Even our beloved Star Trek. Danae, give me some ah. questions. You said you had some stuff that may or may not be sins, but you would like to talk about or have clarifying questions. Okay, so isn't second contact mean contact? Right? My, this okay. is my biggest sin as well. Like, okay, okay. The, the, the replacing the California ships with the unpersoned automated ships makes no sense for this mission. Like, the this brand of mission. Resupply missions, colony building, terraforming, battles and wars, great. The point is that these un these automated ships should be doing all of that stuff so that it frees up the living people to do the diplomatic stuff and to do the talking so that we're not wasting our time building stuff, we're not wasting our time fighting, we are talking and exploring and doing science and whatnot. It just, it seems so strange to me that the AI ships would be replacing the thing that we don't need them to be doing like we make them so that we can do this so it's just it's it i know the point is that freeman then fights that side but it's such an obvious argument to make i don't know how anyone in starfleet is agreeing with this yeah that was confusing to me it was confusing to me that there is this group of people that are making huge decisions about declass like basically shelving an entire class of ships in replacement of this AI that they've only seen one time. Right. And the whole thing is second contact. Yeah. So in the cases where they're going to be talking to somebody, how does the AI do that? And for that to not have even come up in the meeting, but to come up in my mind as a brand new viewer, 
I was like, oh, we're it's just wild. really expecting the audience to just not ask any questions right now. It's we need to get to point B. How do we get there? And it's this is what I was really disappointed with is the, the lack of thought that went into this argument, because there is an argument to be made here. Like the, the original series makes an absolutely awesome, incredible point with this. It's one of the it's one of the, the best episodes. And Captain Kirk comes across this planet that is at war with another planet and but they don't know when they get there because no weapons are being fired so instead of using weapons they use simulated attacks against each other agree what the casualties are going to be and then all of the people walk into a pod and get incinerated so instead of destroying cities and all of that stuff the the casualties are agreed between both sides and then they kill their own people and this war has been going on for like a hundred years because it's so efficient and the AI computer is deciding where these attacks would happen, how often they would happen, and how many people die. And the whole point the episode makes is when you AI that stuff, suddenly you lose the value and there's no reason to stop the war because it's all so clean and proper. That's a great argument to make is if you're sending these automated ships into battle, when does the battle ever end? Because the cost of life doesn't exist. So you just keep fighting because you can. So that's an argument I would love to have seen them have here not these are great for diplomatic missions which they clearly aren't no no they're not <laughs> it's crazy no, no and and if they are all ai then and we have seen other ships have like doctors that can t change from being like holographic images into like a person and it just takes more power why wouldn't they beam something down to take samples to follow protocol now it's because it's rushed and we want to have this AI bad guy at the yeah. end, but but it just it it seems like there's so much more at stake, you know. And maybe th there we're supposed to believe that Starfleet was really afraid of the admiral because of his temper or his power or something like this. But you know, I, think I don't the know. The idea might be that the upper 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 ups are so apathetic and busy with other things that they just listen to another admiral like the loudest voice is the one that wins because we do get this shot that was really interesting to me of when they're deciding to do the second contact race the higher up admirals all just kind of look at each other almost as if they're going to approve it but then they stay silent and it just all happened so it's almost like they didn't get a say in this they just allowed their admiral to fight a captain because yeah i guess we don't really have much say in this so let's just arbitrarily decide it through a race <laughs> I feel like there's this subset of a show that I that some might find very interesting, like yourself, where these kinds of questions are discussed on screen, oh, and that's it. just not this show. I love it. West Wing. I want West Wing, but with Star Trek. And so many people have called for this show a, a political drama set on a star base or set in in the Star Trek universe, where you see like the politics of how decisions are made and whatnot. I love it. I would love that shit so much. Ah, right. Anyway, um, what was your next big sin, or oh, did I just I'll... bounce off of yours? <laughs> That's okay. We can go on to mine. Um, it was actually something that came up uh live, and so I'm gonna go ahead and jump to that. Mm, yep. What's the deal with the Cali class ships hanging out together and or being within rescue distance? This was one of my big sins that I was curious about, and it's kind of a question slash yeah. a sin potential, which is at the very end, obviously, this AI, this rogue ship is still hunting down our beloved crew. They've mm -hmm. launched their warp core. They can't get away. They took out two ships with their warp core and did some yeah. pretty big damage to the second sh the third ship. But uh, they have to be rescued. 
And so it's this big moment where all the ships show up out of outer space and they warp on in and they surround the bad guy and win. And it was a really cool looking scene. Um, but I was like, well, how close did everybody have to be to arrive at the same time? Mm. I mean, and my my reference to the Titan earlier was when they're going through all of the options, it's can we call the Titan and get them to help? Because that's what they did at the end of season Season one, I think they did. They called the the Titan swooped in and helped. And I said, no, the Titan isn't in range. It's off doing some deep space stuff. But every single California class ship, all of them is within range. All of them. All of them. All of them. They should be spread out on a ton of different missions. And they are there within minutes. And Mariner says, I called them in. And so it's like, okay, how did you do that as a non Starfleet person? Right, exactly. So here's Freeman. Yeah. Or, you know, or rather, um, Mariner, a mariner yeah. who's just out there, quit, doesn't have any credentials, doesn't have like a little thingy. Like, there's just, <laughs> it's just her. It's just, and I think we're supposed to believe that Freeman could have done that, but chose not to because the California class ships don't stand a chance. But 30 of them versus anything is going to win. And also, is that the only class of ship that's nearby? Like, could we not have brought in any ships why are they all exactly. in the same sector exactly where's the suggesting distress that call? no other ships are yeah wild confusing wild, wild, wild. very confusing <laughs> but we wanted to get to a big finale we wanted to get to b so we fudged our way from a is pretty much the idea behind that i think um i had a really tiny nitpick and it's an ongoing one about transporter beams at the beginning when indy mariner jones is um escaping the ferengi the Ferengi fires the phaser at her and it goes through the transporter beam and into the rock behind. It should reflect off of the transporter beam because there is a confinement beam that is around the transporter beam that should bounce off the phaser and reflect away, which could have been really funny because it could have reflected back and hit him in the face or something right. like that. But That's right. I guess there's a point eventually where the, the containment field ends and then the phaser could go through. But we shouldn't see any graphic. It should be containment field transporting containment field off yeah yeah um here's another one so in the in the ai delivering stuff category Mm -hmm. um this ship transports fully created like a power plant power plants or whatever yeah whatever is that just like on the ship somewhere i mean i don't know it has to have been created on the ship and then beamed over right like yeah i think it was ready to go and then they beamed it down I mean, but then how did it? How did they know that they would need one of those at the ready? Agreed. And why couldn't the the, the Cerritos have done that as well? Yeah, like it's bigger. Wouldn't it have had more room? If we're creating it by replicating it inside of a big sick bay or something, yeah, then that means that any replicator could have done that. So well, they have a, they have industrial replicators that replicate all of these parts. I I don't know if like the replicator is tied into the transporter, and that's something unique to the Alido, but we don't. No, we didn't hear that, that information. We, we don't understand that. why. Okay, okay. They're All doing right. a ton of manual labor that the Cerritos could be doing for them. It's one of my biggest nitpicks is they're trying to prove the wrong thing. Like, they're proving that they can do the construction as fast as an AI. They can't. But what they can do is the diplomatic stuff and talking to people. And mm-hmm, they transferred mm-hmm. that into, well, you missed this soil sample that our people found. Again, that's the wrong thing to prove. The AI should have found that. If you'd have had an argument with the locals that you then resolved and the AI just bamfed out and left, that makes sense to me. I, I don't know. It's just it's there's some thought that was missing from how we got from A to B. Um, my next big sin was stop putting your damn feet on the damn console, Mariner. Like, 
it, she's in like the little shuttle pod mm-hmm, and completes mm-hmm. the mission, puts her feet up. And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. care if the, the console is locked. Put your feet somewhere else. Rude. Rude. Yeah, that's kind of like the sin that I like to do when there's somebody has an open container near like a computer. Yep. It's like, come on. Mm-hmm. Come One on. tiny little spill and you've got a huge problem big on problem. your hands. Big, big problem. Um, so I thought that it was kind of sinful that Freeman, the captain, goes to talk to Les, I think, the the uh admiral. Mm-hmm. She goes directly to him when she realizes that the Cerritos stopped and checked for a life form, which gives them the advantage. And she calls him up to essentially brood about this and say, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm going to have to bring this up. And it's like, yeah, I don't know why you're Are calling you this person. And then the uh, ambassador admiral guy, he starts to do the villain's plan. He just starts oh, to expose it. Um, yeah. And... Uh, Rutherford comes in and says, I figured it out. My code is what's running your systems and you're the guy that did this brain wiping thing. And then yeah. all of a sudden he just turns and he's like, yeah, I'm that guy and I should have wiped all of your brain and everything, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, isn't all this recorded? Oh, my you know, goodness. I need to take- Isn't all this just documented at this point? You're having a conversation yes. on Starfleet Airwaves. It's yep. not like you can expect that no one's paying attention or that this log isn't being logged. We didn't get told this was a secure channel or anything. My two lines are, aren't these calls recorded? And then bad guy exposits plan. Like, it's it is, it's baffling to me. Like, he's deciding, he's even explaining how he's going to get away with it. Yeah. Like, well, I'll just say that you attacked the Alito and it fought back. And I'm like, what? and what are you going to do when it's just like, and here's the log. Yeah, that shows that didn't happen. But it turns out that the show plans on immediately killing him. So that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It is. I mean, this would have a, if we were sending this episode on TV since it would have the biggest. Let's talk about the bad guy's plan. Or let's yeah. talk about the villain's plan, because I, I don't even understand what happened here. Like, did he steal Rutherford's code? Is that what he's trying to hide? That he stole the code or... Like I might be forgetting something. Did Rutherford? Did something go? So something exploded, and that damaged Rutherford. Was that because of the code being bad? Is that why the thing exploded? I don't know. And then I think the admiral wanted to cover that up because he still wanted to use the code, even though Rutherford had found out that there were bugs in it. I think probably. But I just man, this is a big swing, and the motivation is I want to get a bigger promotion. And I want to be noticed. I'm bored. I'm bored. Yeah. He was bored. I'm fed he up was of being like, an admiral. I've come up to the admiral status. There's nothing more to do. So this is how I'm going to do something that makes sense for me to do the thing. So yeah, it's really, really tricky to me. And that's why, again, it's just hard for me to buy into him as a villain. I, oh, I'm so sorry to poop on the show, but it is just like, we want this big reveal. We want this big swing. Whereas that's not the fun thing for me. The fun thing for me is having a villain that I can dislike and to see brought to justice. I don't really care about the big plot twist and whatnot. <sighs> big sigh, big sigh. But it did lead to an awesome finale. Um, yeah, standard. Bad guy exposits plan for no reason other than to tell the audience about plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think my last big sin was did Shax really have time to run all the way down to engineering and he sure did he can give the order but Billups should be the one in charge of like ejecting the warp core but I get it it's it's where we drift into this is a cartoon yeah. we're doing this for comedic effect but it was yeah. I love seeing the emotional side of Shax oh, I that was really fun. really do He's yeah great. his feelings were hurt when he thought that Boimler was making fun of him and then he's so emotional 
you know, um, I guess while we're talking about him, I'll just send that he chucked the phaser on the ground. Oh, stop just... throwing phasers. Stop it. Stop throwing phasers. Quit, Quit it. it. Ding. Ding. There was this moment when Rutherford was checking the very first time he was checking the code um, at the very, very beginning of this episode. And he says, oh, this code looks familiar or something like this, which is one of the first clues. But the music shifts. Mm. It's like this creepy. And I'm like, yeah. Come on, music. Let us have it. You don't have to give away the tells that there's something more going on. <laughs> we know. Bah, we bah, know. Bah, bah. Right. Okay. Um, is everything off of your conscience? Uh, no. I have one. Oh, I, I think. I, have, I think. I think. I have one more. Maybe. Um, because we already did the one about the California classes showing up. As funny as that mm-hmm. was, that he mentioned all of them. That was oh, still brilliant. Simple. It's. It's still um, great. There's this moment whenever the captain says abandon ship, which is going to save lives. Mm-hmm. And and Mariner appears out of nowhere and like announces over their intercom <laughs> somehow belay that order. I know. And I'm just <laughs> like, so great. You, I mean, this is really cool. Dramatically, it looks cool. But practically, you don't just follow the orders of some person that pops in out of nowhere catch. that you haven't even seen on screen yet. The captain hasn't approved of them being on. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. to say belay that order. Belay that order will potentially <laughs> kill everybody at that point. It shouldn't and it's be just, allowed. Yeah. It shouldn't. No, I have no idea how she was amplifying her voice for anyone to hear at that point anyway. But they all should have been poofed out of their ships. And then the California yeah. classes show up and accidentally bump into a whole bunch of people floating in space, I guess. Which is yeah. another horrible ending, to, uh, to oh, be honest. absolutely. Just getting picked off one by one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a great, great catch. She's not even in Starfleet. She shouldn't be able to get no. into the comm system at all. That's amazing. No. She must have a back door or something. Exactly. Well, this week, we are going to do a little prediction section. So, with that, let's head over to the captain's ready room. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hear our predictions for the next season of Lower Decks and bask briefly in Danae's Q-like glory for anything that she predicted. It's a little bit dusty in here. I haven't I haven't done anything in here for a little while, but this is a great place to talk about the post-credits scene. Danae, to your knowledge, explain it as best you can with no context of what's going on. Oh, okay, okay. So the, there's a post credit scene, which I was really thankful to see because I actually, we talked about this on the peanut butter munch episode. Peanut yeah. God, I, God fuck, damn I it. <laughs> um, where uh, Rutherford's little face thing was floating mm. out in space. And I mentioned it. And great catch. Great, great catch. Here it appears in the post credit scene. And then it's beamed up. And then the little eye thing visual display like flashes and you know that thing with microsoft little clip art guy clippy mm-hmm. okay yep. i think it's like starfleet's evil clippy yes! appears on screen how did you know that uh, well it, it it's the delta symbol mm-hmm. with a weird cartoonish smiling face <laughs> like, like how Mouse else? hands as well I didn't see the hands. Does it have hands? Oh, it has hands and legs. Yeah. What is it? I have no so, idea what that is. That is Badgie, the com badge. Um, and in season one, I believe, they're creating a holodeck training program or something. And they need some help getting the parameters right. And they summon 
Badgy the Com Badge, and it is literally meant to be a take on the Microsoft clip art, um, clip paper no. clip thing. Hundred percent, totally. So I it's the like character that helps this... you out. <sighs> okay, well, I think that's we cool. may have talked about this at some point briefly. It's really in the back weird of your because head. I feel like it's in the back of my head somewhere. But as soon as I yeah. saw it, I was like, "That's like a weird Microsoft thing," because it yeah. has like the big googly eyes. Uh huh. I'm sure we've mentioned it in passing. Um, but yeah, he, he or he or she or they. Um, anyway, they try to help and like they give suggestions and say hey have you tried this have you tried this and invariably it goes evil and goes bad so <gasps> they then have to it, like it tries to murder everybody you did tell me about this yeah i, I do so. remember that yeah 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 so eventually they beat it but this is another ai that is on the run well it's not on the run they've deactivated it but obviously this but it's is showing somehow that... loaded into that thing exactly badgie the combat has somehow escaped so we now have okay hold on hold on yes badgie the combat yeah put itself into his piece to live so he lives in that piece totally makes sense it's yes. just been found by yes. some other some other thing they're gonna pull it up stick it on their face and then it's gonna be clippy takeover yeah, it totally makes sense. Like, that is probably how Clippy uh, Badgie escaped. Um, probably downloaded itself into Rutherford and then just got abandoned. I was like, huh, I didn't mean to be floating in space, but I appear to be. Amazing. Um, yeah, I love it. So that's where, like, this is great for the prediction section because season four seems to be building towards an AI takeover where we have the um, the Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Combs AI, we have Peanut Hamper, we have Badgie the Com Badge. Yeah. We have this selection of AI that is going to, I think, Whoa. team up and do some shit. Well, I'm excited to see what that looks like. Yeah, I think that's I, pretty cool. And I wonder if I should go back and watch, you know, season one and two at some point in time. I but. would love it. I think you really, really should. It's really, really fun. I think they're, like I said, even stronger than the episodes we saw in season three. Um, even more laughs. There's, yeah, it's really, really, really worth watching. I love it. Um, but no, you got some great predictions done. Like you predicted that the Rutherford stuff would get resolved. Um, as disappointed as we are that it got resolved so quickly, um, predicted that Mariner was going to be back on the ship. Um, I think Boimler was one of the predictions that didn't come true. Like um, Boimler getting promoted and the team getting promoted and moving on. But obviously, that might be something that happens further on down the line. But your abilities of prediction always amaze me. Well, it helps whenever you look at the context clues. It mm -hmm. like sometimes, yes, I scare myself. <laughs> um, but I always feel like there's a reason. Like the music changes. There's ways that the show tells you what it thinks is important. And so in this case, if you're looking at the backdrop to the season, it's a big face of Rutherford. So if they're not bringing mm. out Rutherford, because he's got like, if, if you look at like the poster version, it's like Rutherford's face with the AI thing and then the crew underneath him. So mm. Rutherford is supposed to be the focus. So yeah, what's totally. the big thing about Rutherford? So it's kind of easy to try to mm. make some of those predictions. It would be insane if I made a prediction like that the cat doctor was going to have kittens. Like that's a crazy one. Those are yes. the kinds of, you know, things that if if I did have a prediction about that and I said it and it came true, I would be afraid. I'd be very afraid. But I feel like that there's these tells that they have and I just Predicting pick up on the those. music in Picard season two, the song. I did that. Yeah, you did. That How one was did creepy. I do that? Oh. That scares me. That's me predicting insurrection. Or mentioning insurrection as your intro and then oh, that being the crazy. episode. That blew me away. Crazy. Well, Danae. Are yes. you, Ambassador, are you ready for some show predictions? Because 
I have predictions for what's coming next for Captain's Pod now that we've finished Lower Decks Season 3. Okay, 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 I'm ready. I'm cheating because I have forward knowledge. But coming up on Captain's Pod, we have got an interview on the way. We have got some themed Star Trek TNG episodes. We'll be doing a run of TNG episodes that all have a theme that you are all welcome to guess and see what they're going to be. And that will... We also have a live recording from Sin Week that will be dropping into the feed at some point. And all of that is between now and when Picard Season 3 launches, which I believe is in February. So we've got a couple few months here where we're going to be dipping into some older Star Trek and some special episodes to tide us over until Picard Season 3. This would be the perfect time to ask you guys to join us on Discord too, because if you do uh, have like uh, requests for specific episodes or if you want to have the conversations with fans and you podcast listeners aren't yet on discord it's a great community you can do that by going to discord.gg slash cinemasins but there's also ways to look, link on that through our website cinemasins.com yes so any episodes that you're desperate 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 for us to talk about or want to yeah just want to see us give the Cinterprise treatment to um, email them to captainspod at cinemasins.com or yeah, join the Discord. And do it on Twitter as well if it's still around um, oh, next God. week when, when <laughs> you're doing suggestions and it hasn't turned into the next AI thing that wipes us all out. Um, anything else, Ambassador? Um, No, I think that's all from me. Oh, am I supposed to do my ending? Oh, oh, oh. Wait, um, no, I haven't um, done my ending yet. Anyway, I'm glad you've enjoyed Lover Decks. It has been an absolute joy to see you light up and just really, really, really get you into a show that has ticked your boxes. Well, you too, because of course we're seeing like really cool ships and stuff. (laughs) It's just an interesting shift away from. So we went from Strange New Worlds, which was fucking phenomenal, over to this medium, which is also phenomenal but in a different way it's Mm -hmm. the humor that's in this show is just so delightful so Mm. um i would definitely recommend this one for sure yeah 100 percent total recommend even if you haven't watched star trek before it's great well thanks for listening everyone i'm a podcaster not a oh uh and get the fuck out of my sick bay (laughs) we both did to anna i love it she's the great the quotiest cat to ever catch Live long and pot back. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I don't want to start the show. <laughs> I'm not done eating. I'm not done eating yet, Ian. Wait, why can't I hear you? Shit. Why can't I hear you? Shit. Shit. Why can't I hear you? Captain! Captain! I mean, what? It just gives me more time to eat, which is great, because I'm fucking hungry. So I'm just going to continue to eat my sandwich and my chips and my dip. I have guacamole, and I have some French onion dip, and I have a ham sandwich that has cheese, and it has a mayo and mustard. And I have... Oh, fine. Don't listen to me. <laughs> That's some funny shit. I'm eating a truffle. I'm eating a chocolate and peanut butter truffle. Are you saving any for me? Well, that's a no. <laughs> you mean of this particular truffle that I'm currently consuming? No. <laughs> no, no, no. All of them. All of them. Any the, and all the of them. The stash bag that's in the refrigerator? Yes.
Well, I mean, you're really enjoying the um, Little Debbie snack cakes these days, so. Oh, what, the, the cream pies? You can have those, and I can have these. But 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 I really like the chocolate ones. I really like those cherry cinnamon ones. I haven't even tried the peanut butter ones yet. Cherry cinnamon? Oh, shit. Cherry cinnamon? Oh, is that what they that's, are? That's what you said. Did I say cinnamon? Yeah. Oh, I did. Well, it's, I, I cannot type in an email address and talk to you at the same time, clearly. Are you typing in an email address that has cinnamon in it? Cinema sins. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh-huh. One day... Do you think we'll ever get there where we beam the poop out of our body? Do you think we'll ever do that? No. No? Because no, there's no need or because sci-fi. nobody would want to do it? I would I would not trust that it knows how to identify feces alone. Like okay. all of a sudden it's just something else is missing oh out of God, it. Your entire bladder is missing. It's like, no, just take the urine. I also expect it would be a bit painful. I don't know why. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't. I, no, I don't. I mean, I'm amazed that there are any quote-unquote natural childbirths in star trek like they should all just be beam the kid out that's got to be better for everyone involved hasn't it if if you know what part what should also be expelled from the body so that it doesn't well like we know that yeah we we know that i'm i'm guessing in this futuristic thing listen i'm just having had a child yeah this gets really personal (laughs) that's fair we can move on from that i'm just imagining the amount of things that you have to do to your body to 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 care for it after Mm -hmm. birth i would as long as that stuff's been I would imagine figured like we're out. pretty good at figuring that out by by that point. Yeah. I would hope so. I'm just imagining like I'm at desk at, at desk. I'm at my desk. I'm captaining and, and stuff. And I'm like, man, I really need to poop. But this is such an inconvenient time. Like computer beam the poop out of my body and then I can carry on working. But then mm-hmm. I guess at what point do you then start beaming food into your body instead of consuming it? Like transporters, we should just stop researching. If anybody is researching transporters, please stop. There is very little good that can come from this. <laughs> well, well, I mean, except for that I can just instantly be somewhere. Well, yeah, there's that. But also, isn't the journey part of the fun? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not. That's bullshit. I hate that. Last week, you said about, wouldn't it be cool if we had an entire new crew for Lower Decks? Like, yeah. these guys promoted and moved on. Yeah, I now, did. I said that. Pull from anywhere you want. Recast your new Lower Decks crew from any actors, anyone that you know, voice actors. Oh, my who God. Who would be your new crew? I don't know. I'm terrible at this stuff. I can't think of cool voices off the top of my head. Cool. I, in this, in case of this very eventuality, I have a backup plan because I knew you you might not enjoy that. It's not that I don't enjoy it. No, it's no, just no. it's going to take yeah. me a while to think of it. You don't like, have as much to pull from. Like, I love the woman who voiced Yzma. Mm, she's, and she was she like died. Catwoman. But I know, that's my problem. <laughs> it's like, I loved her voice, yeah. but that's not an option, right? Nope. So She'd make a great captain, I, I think. Then I just have to think of unique voices. And where do I... I'm I'm like, I'm terrible at that. Okay, instead of that... I'm terrible. I'm terrible. At, like, when people are like, hey, recast this movie with new people. I'm like, I don't care. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm terrible at this stuff. Would you like to hear my backup plan? Something I don't like, know why it wasn't your first plan. Because but yes, go I on. wanted to sound really, really smart that I anticipated your response and had a backup plan. I see. Using characters that you know from Star Trek, the lower decks period of their career, what would you like to see? Who would you like to see in their lower decks phase? 100% Worf. Yeah? Oh, that's great. That's a really good one. I figure he would be very um, confused in general about just, you know, guidelines and yeah. rules and like adjusting to it. I think he'd be a nice, aggressive, like confused mm-hmm. and 
Aggressively confused is really bad. That's a terrible mm-hmm. combination to name. Mm-hmm. I think Data would be fun because yeah. he already knows everything. So he'd probably be confused why he's like, you know, we just saw in that um, in the one we watched with he and his brother. Law, yeah. And he was telling his brother, Lore, like, I did all of this stuff before I got to this rank. And Laura was like, yeah, that's stupid. You're an android. You shouldn't have had to do that. So it would be interesting to see him have to, like, almost dumb himself down just to play along with Starfleet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, like he could solve everything, but yeah. he maybe purposefully holds himself back because he's just having to go through the motions you just know that everyone would hate him for having all of the answers as well like why did data even have to go through starfleet academy like law is right like you didn't have to jump through these hoops like surely you could have downloaded all of that information seven of nine. Oh, that's a great one i mean you'd have to presume that wait because she only stops being a borg (laughs) like at the age of so are you imagining she's returned home from voyager and then goes into lower decks and then she has like she's like i'm gonna go like the official starfleet yeah and like okay well you gotta start over from the beginning oh, you gotta man. show improve your stuff so there's another character who like data wouldn't have to really prove himself he's just like going through the motions yeah she also would kind of be going through the motions yeah having the correct knowledge s- of the borg yeah and maybe the the tension between her and Worf would be kind of interesting oh they like, would end up i mean in this universe where they're all at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah. they would end up together i absolutely think Worf and seven would would Fump buglies. Doesn't that mean have sex? Yes. You think that they would have sex? Yeah, absolutely. I don't I don't think so. No? No. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Because like Seven would be like the Klingons are like the apex predator, and Seven would be like, oh, I must study this. And Wolf would just be like, This is the only human that I can't break. So <laughs> I I'm going to take her. <laughs> wow. How how very Riker of you. He has mentioned that he can't be with human women because they're too fragile. <laughs> These are things I didn't know. <laughs> Did you not? Yeah, there's an episode. But I wasn't saying that I would put them together so that for sexual tension. No, I'm saying I, I was saying that it would be <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I had a headline to bring to you today. Oh, do it. Scientists just discovered an entirely new way of measuring time. Oh, did uh, have we done away with watches? Do we do we not like those anymore? Making the passage of time, marking the passage of time in a world of ticking clocks and swinging pendulums. Is a simple case of counting seconds between then and now. Listen, wow, that okay, was deep. Article writer. Yeah, you needed <laughs> this, right. didn't you? <laughs> okay, let's. Okay, Mike McRae on <laughs> ScienceAlert.com. Holy shit! Someone's flexing. In some applications, a second laser can be used to monitor the changes in the electron's position, including the passing of time. These pump probe techniques can be used to measure the speed of certain ultra-fast electronics, for instance. Inducing atoms into Rydberg states is a handy trick for engineers, not least when it comes to designing novel components for quantum computers. Needless to say, physicists have amassed a significant amount of information about the way electrons move about when nudged into a Rydberg state. Being quantum animals, though, their movements are less like beads sliding about on a tiny abacus and more like an evening at the roulette table where every roll and jump of the ball is squeezed into a single game of chance. The mathematical rule book behind this wild game of Rydberg electron roulette is referred to as a Rydberg wave packet. Somebody like bought him the big book of metaphors. For his I actually birthday. don't mind this. This is like for dummies. I'm I'm digging it. No, I can see I it in my imagination. Understand. I still don't understand a thing that's happening. The roulette metaphor doesn't help me at all. 
Well, let's get to it. Okay. Let's just continue to read. Is this outlet? Is this outtake going to be the entire article? I mean, it may as well be. Quote, if you're using a counter, you have to define zero. You start counting at some point. To the benefit of this is that you don't have to start the clock. You just look at the interference structure and say, okay, it's been four nanoseconds. That was from the physicist Marta Berholtz from the University of Uppsala in Sweden, who led the team explaining this to the new sci- to this website, New Science. Uh, a guidebook of evolving Rydberg wave packets could be used in combination with other forms of pump probe spectros- spectroscopy. Spectroscopy? Spectroscopy? Sure. Yeah. That's the one. That meas- That's the only that thing I me- understand so far. Okay. Okay. Great. That's the one thing I mispronounced. Awesome. <laughs> the measure events on a tiny scale when now and then are less clear or simply too inconvenient to measure. Importantly, none of the fingerprints require a then and now to serve as a starting and stopping point for time. It'd be like measuring an unknown sprinter's race against a number of competitors running at set speeds. By looking for the signature of interfering Rydberg states amid a sample of probe, sorry, pump probe atoms, technicians could observe a timestamp for events as fleeting as just 1.7 trillionth of a second. Future quantum watch experiments could replace the helium with other atoms or even use laser pulse of different energies to broaden the guidebook of timestamps to suit a broader range of conditions. And that's the end of the article. I mean, I stopped reading articles like that a long while ago because I don't understand them. Like, even with the metaphors and the explanations, the article spends half its time trying to explain quantum stuff to me, where there's a good chance a lot of brains just aren't equipped to ever understand how quantum stuff works. Like, we're just, it may be something our brains can't get to. So I still don't know what that article was telling me. I thought it was cool. Is it? I'm sure it is, but I have no idea why it's cool. All right, fine. So I had a backup plan. God. <laughs> is it to do Here, the show? Here's here's one from boingboing.net. Why the Enterprise Bridge on Star Trek TOS doesn't actually face forward. Oh, I already know that. That's fine. It's great. Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> I got another article for you. Ready? This is my last one. It's my last chance to give you something that you find interesting. Cool. Go for it. <laughs> Star Trek Defiant Comics sees Worf and Spock form a Dream Team crew. Mm, yeah, I knew about this one. This is Fuck! pretty cool. Okay, fine. Never mind. <laughs> Why are you doing the date the wrong way? Why are you saying telling me it's the 2nd of the 16th? Oh, that's, that's February 16th. Yeah. No, but it's not, though, is it? But it is. It is. No, that is. That's right. It's not how I mean, anyone that's, says that's it. How, that's it's how it's done in the United States. It's that's just how it is. So it's not, though. You should probably just fight it. It's not, though. Is it? Like, oh, I'm better. Just because I do this this way. Blah, blah, blah. Makes more sense. So, first question, do people on the Sins team have a letterbox? Um, yes. yes. Jonathan Watkins absolutely does. Aaron Dicer 100% does. Jeremy did at some point, but we were posting for him. <laughs> like, just taking his, like, little excerpts of ramblings and rantings that we hear about movies and putting them on letterboxes, like an unofficial one. But the best people to follow are Jonathan and uh, Jonathan Watkins and Aaron Dicer. I do have one, but I'm yet to use it. <laughs> yeah, John, you can just search for both of their names um, and you'll be able to see both of them. Josh Zero, I'm really, really happy that you watched First Contact and you finally come round to acknowledging that it is the best Star Trek film. It's really big of you. Really, really big of you. And it's really big of me to have that conversation where you can't talk back and I get to edit said conversation to suit my viewpoint. <laughs> 
Here's one from Slab. This is a reference to a post that we have for our Sin Club members over at Patreon, which uh, if you're not part of Sin Club and you would like to check that out, you can go to patreon.com slash cinemasins and you can kind of see the extra content. People in that uh, people that are joining the Sin Club, they get all the content for Cinemasins early and then we do extra stuff. And one of the things that we just started recently is the news position where uh, every week we give you a little bit of a behind the scenes look at just what's on our mind or what we're thinking of. And this week it was about candy. We made a poll. Everybody in the staff picked their least favorite candy and there's a poll going on right now. Ian's least favorite uh, candy is taffy. And Am no I wrong? one, no like, one has voted like for taffy? it. I love taffy. You're you're all insane. It's in your teeth. <laughs> I don't. I don't love taffy. I I like a little bit of taffy. I can only handle so much, and it has to be soft. Well, that's like great if it's the really the op- hard. I don't like it at all. The option is always a little bit of taffy because the rest of it is in your teeth, and you can't enjoy it. Josh Zero says, "Once as a kid, I had a full muffin dropped into my treat bag." <laughs> that sounds like a punishment. Cool. <laughs> that doesn't sound. That doesn't sound good at all. To go back in and jab at Ian a little bit more, Slab says, I just realized on that poll that you can pick more than one sinful candy, candy which makes it even better that nobody has picked Taffy. That's just <laughs> You're the not worst. wrong. You're not wrong. Just the worst. However, uh, Zinksto, I, I don't like it, and my teeth back me up on this. Hashtag Team Ian. Thank you. Thanks, Zink. Thank you, Zink. No, don't you thank, thank you, Zink. Zink. You can't, you can't <laughs> thank somebody that is backing me up because you're not backing me up. <laughs> Here's one from Link. You guys should just watch the show live on here. We wish we could, oh, man, actually. There is but that's not allowed. There is all kinds of issues of us doing that. Um, I yeah. mean, you could literally watch us watching the show, but we wouldn't be able to show the show that we're watching. So, I mean, if you want to watch us uh, for 27 minutes, just, like, glued to the TV and me going, yes, a lot, then, okay, let's do it. Zinksto. Prodigy, Prodigy, Prodigy. I heard a few people mention Prodigy. I would love to go into Prodigy. The reason that we're not going to do that episode by episode is because it is so serialized. There's no real good way to do that with Danae without going all the way back to episode one and doing doing it like that. So we won't be insta-podding Prodigy. We may dip in. There's a couple of episodes I want to do, like the episode with that we talked to Aaron about with um, all of the audio from the previous actors where they did it on the the holodeck the kobayashi maru that episode we might do that one but we won't be doing it episode by episode sadly although it is great uh this one's from josh zero quick question not related to star trek but tangential to halloween mm. you know the game where you knock on a door or ring a bell what do you call that game where you're from mm. so um really strange we call it knock knock ginger which is strange and i don't know the origin of that <laughs> it's literally <sighs> knock knock ginger you knock and then you run away it's the worst game in the world it's terrible um what do you call what? it? I don't know. It was like knock knock run or knock knock down ginger was another one as well. No, I I don't know that I called this a game. No, ding dong no. ditch is a great one. Yeah, ding dong ditch sounds right. That makes sense. Let me tell you about that happening to me when I moved into this house. Oh no, I think I I've moved heard into this, this story. house, and from what I understand, the people who lived in this house before me, they had lived in it since it was built, and I think the fellow that it was like an by the time that we got it it was like an elderly couple and i think that the the gentleman had passed away but from what i've been told he was like a football coach Mm -hmm. and he had a big booming voice so here's what i think happened i think that some of his students probably just like to come over and fuck with the guy and (laughs) ring the doorbell right except for that this day i opened the door now uh justin was downstairs he wasn't readily available my daughter is in the bath 
I come over to the door, open the door. There's no one there, and I don't fuck around with people. Like you come yeah. into my door in my I'm space, gonna I'm gonna fuck you up. Um, yeah. and and so I'm like, hello, hello, and I said, oh fuck that, and I turn around, I step two steps in the door, and I yell downstairs, Justin. And oh I should have said, Justin, get the bat, or Justin, get the gun. Get we the don't gun. have a bat yeah. or a gun. <laughs> get the warp core. Just something. Get the phaser. <laughs> This person was scared enough. They were hiding in uh, right on the outsides of my steps. Oh, wait, uh, there was actually a person there. There was, that was there hiding? was someone right by my door oh, in nope. where nope. the gravel is, nope, right nope, by nope. the bushes. They were hiding over there. And when nope. they heard me scream, they took off running. So yeah. I take off running after them. I'm not wearing shoes. I take off running after them. I get to the end of my drive and I realize I can't leave my daughter in the freaking bathtub. No, no. And I turn around and I'm looking for Justin's silhouette where I can say, you take care of Iris. I'm going to go gonna get fuck this fucker. This guy up. <laughs> but, but he's not there. So I turn around. And I was just like, that's right, you bitch. You keep running. I was just like, oh, I mean, like amazing. the most R-rated stuff coming out of oh, my mouth. And I, I turned my big voice on, like yeah. where I was like gravelly, yeah. like the depths of hell were coming nice. out of my, I'm like, because yeah. I don't, I don't know who this is. You but achieved he your final form. Booking it down the yeah. street. He gets to the end of the street and I scream, keep running. Okay. <laughs> What I don't know is that two other guys are hiding in another bush across the street. Oh so shit! Neighbors, are we teenagers or kids? Like I think they're like they looked like they were grown adults. Wow! But I think that they were kid grown adults. Like you know they weren't. Yeah, you're growing big over here. Yeah, they're probably like. Yeah, your your sixteen year olds look thirty five sometimes. <laughs> the neighbors end up sharing a video camera because I'm like I call the cops. Yeah, I don't fuck around. I call the cops. Cops show up. They're circling the neighborhood. And they're like, I'm like, hey, I'm new to the neighborhood. Just moved in a couple weeks ago. Hi, I'm yeah. Danae. I don't fuck around. Like, <laughs> they're like, you know, we just have some kids that are probably playing. I'm like, not funny. Not, not funny. No good. Um, but they're like, you know, doing the thing. And so some of the neighbors find out that I called the cops. And they're like, and one of them sent footage of their doorbell camera. Oh, nice. And it was these kids. And you see me come out and you can hear me from their doorbell nice. across the way. And these kids like waiting for me to shut the door and then they just tear out, out of yeah, the bushes. They do. And then they go meet up someplace else. And listen, I hope they're fine. But you just you never want to no, knock I on someone's door. Down. You don't know who is going to be there. You don't go knock on someone's I, front door like that. That's, just what, that's all I'm it. saying. Especially not in the South or the Midwest. No. Like, no, you will easily get shot. Like, that is going to happen. Let me tell you something else. Just soup. This is like super, super fast. But the, the police officer that came to the door said that they had had. So we were like just at pandemic where people yeah. were bored. Kids are bored. They're just looking out for something to do this fun. I totally get it. Um, And he said that they had just the weekend before. No, no, no. The night before, mm. in an adjacent neighborhood, another incident of someone ringing in the doorbell and leaving, except for this time, the owners unleashed their dogs <gasps> to do go it. after them. Yeah, get so it. So like, don't open, don't go, don't ring people's doorbells. You do not don't know what's do coming it. Up. You don't know what's okay. on the other side. That's more dangerous sorry, for you was, than anything else. That's a long story. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. Got all no, out. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Before we go on to the next question, the poll is that the right way mm. to display your date is the month, then the date, then the year. Thank you. It's Thank just you, chat. not though. Nobody Thank you, chat. says it Thank that you, way. Chat. Hey, listen, if you want, you, if you would like to see this poll yourself for proof that it's, it's here, you had two people agree with you though, Ian, so you're not alone. Get out. Right. You are 
Anyway, let's get back to Star Trek. Who was your favourite character this season? Danae, you first. I think we'll have the same answer. Tendi. Yeah, Tendi. Tendi yeah. is the MVP. Tendi is everything I would actually be if I joined Star Starfleet. As much as I would love to think I might be a bit Mariner, but I'd probably be Boimler, I'm most likely Tendi. Like, she's incredible. I love her so much. I cannot... I, I, I hope she's live Tendi. action. Yeah. I really hope that Tendi is in the live action stuff. She's great. She's she great. was really, really great. I liked She's her so much fun. cheerfulness and her dedication and her excitement to excel and her trying to find something that she's excited about and then all of a sudden she's also this like pirate badass was unexpected and cool. I she's she's had the most development, she's had the most um to do. I I just relate to her journey the most. Whoever's writing Tendy, spot on. Absolutely brilliant. Uh Slab says, I lulled when they went ship coming out of warp. It's the Oakland? was expecting the titan again and glad they didn't because they do that yeah no i'm glad of that as well as much as i love that ship and Riker, it was it's great because it is the standard you're almost expecting it's the enterprise because they swoop into the rescue but it's like it's the oakland Oakland? this is is another ship that's like us that's interesting i there was a great turn so 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 good Uh, Here's one from Knife Fight Elmo. Question for the end of the podcast. Do you think the end credit scene means they may be foreshadowing a switch to more serialized episodes? Mm, Good question. I'm going to say no, because I think they're going to carry on to their detriment or benefit straddling this line between episodic and serialized. I I do, I think, prefer it when shows pick a lane and just sprinkle in the tiniest bits. I think we're veering too much into serialized, but they are 100% going for a theme here of AI is where things are going to go wrong, which is kind of the theme of Picard as well. I wonder how much of that is building towards, it's kind of contextualizing this environment of distrusting and mistrusting AI. So I don't think we're going to go full serialized. I think we'll still be episodic, but we're we're probably going to see, it would be interesting if this was a big bad for the season and it's AI and it's made up of a lot of different missions that are being orchestrated by the AI. Perhaps, perhaps that's where we'll see it. Here's one from JCD, Star Trek question of the day, which stuck in the holodeck episode, would you be the most scared to be stuck in? Now, Mm. Ian, you're going to have to help us and maybe give us a few options if you can think off the top of your head, because I'm not sure that I know all of them, but I do know one. So maybe I should just go with the one that I do know while you're thinking of yours. Yeah. Um, There's the Wild West episode. Mm. I, with Worf and his son, where the setting gets changed um, but the scary thing about that one is that Data is also at the same time taking over a lot of the characters. Like he's yes. starting to oh like sink goodness. into the machine. And speaking of AI being a little bit scary, it's like there is this interesting thing that they get to play with where, you know, Data as a bad guy, it's one mm. thing to be afraid of like characters inside the holodeck that can be like become substantial, right? But it's another thing entirely when it's like a super robot right uh so a super robot that's that's like taking over yeah um that not only is like in the holodeck uh but also like becoming part of the ship stuff too that was that was a good episode because it was scary in the holodeck and out Mm. at the same time and they were related i thought the uh the writing on that one was really really great oh it's incredible it's uh, because you've got obviously data 
that is getting downloaded with hollow programs into his brain. So you're like, Van yeah. you little varmint. <laughs> well, don't but, you worry, Commander Reich. We'll have this fixed up before dinner. <laughs> it's like at certain points in that, that the characters that we're watching, like Worf and his son and even Deanna mm. Troy, they don't realize that they're in danger, which is no. putting us on edge, the viewer, oh. because we know they're in danger. Exactly. And I just remember times like this where I've looked back on things I've done and realized how close to death I was in yeah. retrospect. And it becomes scarier upon reflection. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely say something like that episode scared the crap out of me. For me, there's a few really great ones in TNG. There's one where the ship gains awareness and they get stuck in the holodeck trying to figure out, trying to find out how the Enterprise became self-aware and how they're going to stop it because the Enterprise is just going to blow itself up or kill out all of the life on the ship. That's pretty scary. But the one that I'm going to go with is... And this is an upcoming episode that we're going to be reviewing, so I'm not going to spoil Ooh, it's like too. A little, it's like a little hint. little hint. This is a little clue. This is one where Data and Geordi are on the holodeck, and they want to um, basically have some recreation time and solve some mysteries, but they create a mystery that even Data cannot solve. And it's just a fascinating question. Of, oh, it's why the chicken crossed the road. Yeah. That'll be it. Yeah. That's it. If you ask the computer to try and confuse data, you're then coming up with something very dangerous because you it's a very vague question that leads to, huh, how would I defeat data? And then they have to deal with that. It's an excellent episode. I think it's actually the next one that we're going to be reviewing. It won't be the next in your feed but it'll be the next one that me and you talk about today. So yeah, that's that's uh, it's a terrifying episode because now you're up against something that is designed to beat data and I'm nope, I'm not good with that. <laughs> For a debriefing and a slap on the wrist as the California class ships are all being shelved in favor of the new uh, Texas class unpersoned starships led by sketchy admiral Oh, what's his name? Poopy McGee. His name is Mr. Poops McGee. Admiral Poops McGee. Um, uh, his name is Admiral Picard. No, nope, it's not that. His Admiral Akbar. No, it's not. Ak no, it's not Admiral Akbar. That's from Star Wars. You jerk. <laughs> is it Baromados? Baromados? No, we're going to absolutely butcher it. God damn it! Let's look at the cast list. Oh, see, this is why you watch live so that you get to see all of this stuff that gets edited out. Oh, we're editing this today. <laughs> oh, ouch. I always edit it. Right, hang on. Star Trek Lower Decks finale uh, cast. Since we're cutting this out, can I get some dings in the chat? That was a good burn. Ding. It was, it was great. It was <laughs> great. The... Oh, man. Why can you never Google something when you immediately it's need it? It's in the chat. It's Boimodigo. Oh, it's, it's, just, it's just what I said. <laughs> it's what listening. I said. It's Boromodigo, Dingo. Boromodigo. Oh my goodness. This is the best. <laughs> this is why we do it on Twitch, actually, so that people can actually tell us what we need to be saying. Hello. Hello. How's your morning been? Great. Busy. Wonderful. Uh, 